Hey guys, this is Josh Peak of the Josh Peak Radio Show, and today I interview George Ivanov. Uh, George is a um, successful international wrestler who has done extremely well, uh, and then also he's transferred his, um, you know, hard work and the things he's learned from. Um, from wrestling into business and so he's got his own business and the company is called grit and grit is a product um i'll have the link to that in my um in this podcast you can go to joshpeak.com to uh to to check that out but it's great for recovery for wrestlers who have made a really uh you know a a decent weight cut and then wanting to recover uh, quickly uh it's called grit and uh, g-r-i-t um again i'll have a link to it in my um post here my podcast post either on itunes spotify or at joshpeak.com also i'm reading a book right now uh it's called the four hour body by tim ferris uh, any of you guys who have read the four hour work week uh, know what a great uh you know what a great mind tim ferris is and um so i'm reading the four hour body basically for the second time i'll have a link to that as well in this podcast you guys have got to pick it up i mean from losing weight to gaining muscle to this guy's a human guinea pig um and so i'll have a link to that you guys will love this book the four hour body so with that all being said uh enjoy this interview with george ivanoff thank you This is Josh Peak. I'm the host of the Josh Peak Show, and uh, we, you know, on a regular basis, interview entrepreneurs, and and I also like to interview entrepreneurs that had a wrestling background at some point, that have had a, you know, that have wrestled and competed in at a high level. And um, today, uh, we have a good friend of mine, Georgie Ivanov. Georgie, how are you doing, man? I'm doing great. Thank you. Thanks for having me on the podcast. Yeah, I appreciate you coming on. I met Georgie. Um, a few years ago, actually, I've known about him for a long time, but a few years ago uh, at a friend's house here in Tulsa where we had to get together and uh, get a little bit of time with, with you, and and um, and you're doing a great job on social media with your with your company and your product, uh, but also, I mean, you're doing a great job from the standpoint of educating people and really showing people, uh, you know, uh, about nutrition, but I, I like the marketing. I like the way you're marketing it. You're doing a good job with it. Thank you, thank you. I appreciate it. I'm, uh, you know, I'm, I'm learning and always trying to evolve, and that's uh, that's that's kind of my secret. <laughs> I think that's how I think that's how wrestlers do it, though. I mean, from, you know, I've seen a lot of wrestlers that that they're, you know, I think especially high level wrestlers, you'll see they're always trying to tweak and find new ways of doing technique or this, that, or the other, and um, and so. So basically, it's not a surprise that I see you doing that with your with your business as well. So, well, let's get started. Um, so, where did it all start for you, as far as um, you know, uh, wrestling and 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 I mean, where were you born and raised, and and how did you get involved in wrestling? Yeah. Uh, so I was. It all started for me. Well, as far as I can remember. So uh, I'm I'm born in in a, in a town called Starozagora, and that's in Bulgaria. Uh, it's, it's in the middle of Bulgaria. Bulgaria is a small country in Europe, right above Greece. And uh, my town is centrally located. And uh, I, I started, you know, 
since I was born, basically, because my dad was a really good wrestler. He was a mm-hmm. multiple-time Bulgarian national champion, and then he transitioned into coaching. He's one of the uh, best coaches that I know uh, in the world. But anyways, I, I was actually fortunate enough to uh, grow up, and actually, you know, since I was brought up with, with a, a wrestler as a dad, I was actually fortunate enough to follow him around the gyms and wrestling rooms around the nation. And, uh, you know, I, I would watch him work out and practice, and then I would go and cheer him on at, at, at events, at tournaments, which was a really neat experience for me. Uh, but I started I started training, I believe. So I was in the gym, so, you know, when I, as soon as I can walk, I was two, three years old, and I would just um, – uh, my goal would basically be to just go there and play around. But it got to the point where, you know, once I turned five and, and uh, I started really liking wrestling, and that's when I really got into it. And uh, that's when I started taking it more serious. And my dad started, you know, giving me more attention and actually teaching me technique and, and you know, you know the basics of, of wrestling. But that's kind of how I started and, and when I started. That's cool. So did you did you start uh, more in freestyle or Greco or what? I mean, what style did you did they start over there in Bulgaria? Yes, great question. So actually, in Bulgaria, you can only do uh, like legally the structure in Bulgaria. That's how it is. You you pick you get certified in the beginning of every year in January, and you can pick one style. You actually can cannot do both styles. So I didn't have a choice. You know, my dad was a freestyle uh, wrestler, and obviously I, I was biased, and I leaned that direction as well, and I just started doing freestyle. Uh, but, you know, I would practice. I would try to practice freestyle, and I would also try to practice with the Greco team every once in a while just so I can get a good feel for it, and, you know, I can learn how to throw and uh, uh, just be more well-rounded wrestler. But, but yes, I, I grew up wrestling freestyle only. Yeah, because I hear – I mean, I, I know Rhett, he's got to wrestle over – he's had the opportunity to wrestle over in Europe. And I hear that in certain parts of Europe, they do Greco. In certain parts of Europe, they focus more on freestyle. Um, so, which is really interesting. And then, so, so then, what brought you over to the states? I mean, what brought you over here to uh, to go into? You know, I know you wrestled in college, and and then obviously live in, in uh, you know, you you live what in the Nebraska Iowa border now. So, what brought you over to the United States to? Um, I mean, when, when did that when did that, that all happen? Josh, that's a very funny, not funny, but a very interesting story on how, how I came here. It was uh, it, the stars aligned, if you would say. And the reason yep. I say that is because it, as I was growing up, you know, I didn't have much success in wrestling. But then my, my freshman and sophomore year in Bulgaria, that's when it all clicked for me. And I... I I uh, I became really good. I, I actually won four national titles in Bulgaria as a cadet in the cadet age group as a freshman and sophomore uh, in high school. And I took fifth in Europe. I lost five points in the semifinals in the European Championships. But um, and so, anyways, I was I was really starting to feel really really good wrestling freestyle. And uh, I actually moved out of the house when I was 15 years old, and I went and wrestled for one of the biggest clubs in Bulgaria, uh, or one of the most well-funded clubs, you can say, in Bulgaria. Uh, and it was uh, in Sofia, in the capital. It's two hours away from my house. And that's where I moved to, to compete. And everything was going great. You know, I was I was actually <laughs> very fortunate, but I was living, you know, I wasn't living in dorms or anything like that. I was living in a four-star hotel where we had saunas, pools, you know, um, room service, whatever I wanted. I mean, it was at that point, I was, a, a, you know, I was a, an all-star athlete, you can say. <laughs> and it was yeah. great, you know. That was an amazing experience for me. You know, I would focus heavily on working out, and I was doing great. Until uh, it was shortly after I won my third national title, actually. So it was the winter of – it was in January 
um, my sophomore year because we have winter nationals and summer nationals. And anyway, after I won my third national title, we went back and we started training and we started lifting heavily. Well, it's, it's, until that point in my life, I wasn't really lifting weights, you know, when I was training with my dad in my hometown. So when I moved to this new club, they had me start lifting really heavy, uh, and I wasn't used to that. And you can say I wasn't mature enough to do that yet. I weighed about 95 pounds. And so uh, my coach, for some reason, decided to go, and we did really heavy steps. We lifted. We, like, maxed out, right? We lifted for about an hour. And then after that, I don't know why, but he decided to go and wrestle, and we wrestled live. And I, you know, when you lift heavy, you kind of stiffen up, and you don't, you know, you get tired. And uh, once we went up there in, in the gym, in the wrestling room, and we started wrestling live, uh, I got hurt. I wrestled a taller, lengthy kid, and I went for a move. I, you know, I attempted a wrestling move and uh, uh, an arm spin, if, you, if a lot of you yeah. know what it is. Uh, and I attempted an arm spin, but what ended up happening is I twisted my back. Something cracked in my lower back, and I collapsed, and I couldn't, I couldn't get up. And, uh, you know, at that point, I was pretty seriously injured. And we went to the hospital with a bunch of professors, doctors, and uh, they all said, you know, you, you'd be fortunate to ever wrestle again. You would be, uh, uh, you know, you, your growth might be stumped. You know, you may be done growing. I'm like, really? I weigh 95 pounds right now. You know, this is terrible. And so, anyways, long story short, my coach ends up kicking me off the team because he didn't want to be liable. Here I am, pound for pound, the best wrestler in the country right now for my age group. And he kicks me off, and I'm, I'm on the street again. And that was a very, very difficult moment for me. Um, I, I stayed off the mat for four or five months. I didn't do anything on the mat. Fortunately enough, I went to a really great chiropractor, um, an older gentleman that was uh, into Asian medicine. I, I'm not exactly sure what he did, but he started working with me. And in, in short four weeks, I believe, uh, I was good. I was, I was more flexible than I've been. I was, I was ready to go again and, and start competing, which was amazing. And at that point, I was without a club. I was unattached. I was on the street, and I just entered the summer uh, summer national tournament after being off for four months. And uh, it was more challenging, but I, I ended up winning the title again. I won another national title at that point, an unattached. And uh, just after that, uh, I had an opportunity. A good friend of mine from here, actually the only person that I knew from the U.S. at that point that my dad knew here, uh, he was from Iowa, Council Bluffs, Iowa, which is where I live right now. And he came to visit us in Bulgaria. Uh, just on vacation, and that was the second year in a row that he had came to Bulgaria. And just as we were talking about all this, uh, he says, "Well, why don't you come for the summer and, or you know, for 15 days and visit my family, see where I'm from, and and everything like that? You know, it'd be fun." And I said, "Well, you know, I don't have anything else to do in the summer. I don't have a club or anything. I'm, I might as well go and visit. It'll be a great opportunity for me, maybe to learn a little English, and because I didn't speak English at the time." Yeah. And, uh, and so yeah, that's how I started. And I he invited me, and I came here for 15 days, and. Twelve days into it, they uh, asked me if I want to stay as an exchange student and, and wrestle my senior year in high school here. And uh, I called my mom and my dad, and I told them, "Hey, I think I think I'm staying here." And uh, my mom started crying. You know, it was difficult, but they knew that was a better choice for me and uh, a new opportunity for me. And uh, yeah, the rest the rest is history. <laughs> That's awesome. So then, so then at that point, you wrestled uh, you wrestled on a high school team, or did you wrestle? Or this was right before college, right? Yeah, this is this was going into my uh, my senior year, and I ended up I didn't speak English, so I ended up really heavily focusing on studying English. Uh, I had a dictionary, and I would write fifty to about one hundred new words a day, and I'll just you know write them and repeat them and say them out loud, and write them and say them out loud, and, and write each word about twenty times in a notebook, and I'll do that daily, every day, and I you know 
I learned to speak well enough to, to go to school fairly quickly within four or five months. Uh, and then after that, I, uh, you know, my, we got a lawyer. We changed my visa from a visitor visa to a student visa. And, uh, yeah, I, I started, uh, uh, I started, uh, attending a high school here, Council, in Council Bluffs. It's called Lewis Central High School. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that's where I went my senior year. And, uh, yeah. And then once I started wrestling, uh, you know, I did pretty well. This was my first year wrestling folk style. Keep in mind, you know, I, so I won the state title in Tristan Greco. And in folk style, I went 54 and one. And people, a lot of the college coaches at the time, they didn't, they've never seen me, right? This was my first year. I came out of nowhere and they saw that I had some success. I double all American in Fargo. I had really close matches with a lot of good guys. Um, and, yeah, at that point, I started getting some attention and some college collegiate scholarship offers. Tell me, tell me how hard it is to double all American in Fargo right now with the talent coming up. Uh, it's tough. It, I mean, it, we got some really good athletes going to Fargo. I mean, I looked at the brackets last year in cadet and junior. I mean, if you're in those lower weights where it's really crowded, it's it's tough. It's tough to double all American. Oh, absolutely. And Fargo's always been tough, and that's why it's one of the greatest tournaments in the world, I think, for that age group. Um, it's an unbelievable experience. And, and if yeah, if a lot if some high school kids are listening right now, you guys should definitely go and experience that. But yeah, I mean, my bracket was tough too. You know, I was I was um, one of the few guys. I think the only guy actually. I'm not positive, but maybe there was one other guy. But I wrestled Logan Stebert in the semifinals, and I was the only guy who didn't tech off. I lost one zero four one to him. And then for third and fourth, I lost to. Uh, Tony Ramos, you know, well, two well-known names, world champion, world team members, national champions in college, you know. So it was, it's a tough bracket to begin with. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, you're right, absolutely. Fargo's won a tough tournament for that age division. What weight, do you remember what weight that was? Yes, uh, 125, which 125. those guys didn't go too much after that. <laughs> you know, you can say that I, I matured later. Yeah, yeah, I think Red's the same way, man. He's, he's starting to finally put some weight on and, I think he'll be going to Fargo this year, probably around 94 pounds. Um, it'll be his first time. He's really young, but uh, he's been to some big tournaments. So I think we're ready to go. Uh, but uh, so anyways, so then you go to, after that, do you go to, do you go to Omaha? Is that where you went D2? You went to Omaha, right? Yeah. So then again, I noticed transition, you know, I started getting these, these full, full rides to uh, scholarships to college. And I called my parents again. And I'm like, Hey, you know, the year is over with high school, but I have this opportunity to go to college here for free. I have to stay. I have to stay. Uh, we changed my visa to a student visa to get accepted in college. You know, I had to pass the TOEFL exam, which was very difficult for me, the English proficiency exam. And then the SAT to be NCA compliant, which was also very difficult as a, you know, for someone that English is not their native language. Um, and, but so yeah, I, I passed all that. You know, I got good enough scores on, on all of them to get accepted. And, uh, Yes, I, I, I committed to wrestling at the University of Nebraska-Omaha under uh, Coach Mike Denny. Yeah, yeah. Man, I'll tell you what, there were some good teams, good teams that Coach Denny produced. At Omaha. I mean, at the time, before they dropped the program, they were some of the best teams I've ever seen. I mean, between uh, Omaha and Central Oklahoma, there were some good teams. Yes, yes, absolutely. Yep. So were you there uh, when, when, the, when they dropped the program, or was that after? No, yes, I was, uh, I w- that was my third year. We, uh, so I went there in 08 and they dropped it in 11, 2011. So, 
my freshman year I registered, but then I wrestled sophomore year and junior year. So for the three years I was there, we won three national titles in a row. And that was our sixth national title in the last eight years in that school, in Division Two. I mean, at that point, we were building dynasty. And we weren't slowing down at any point. I mean, we, we were – that was a very tough team that we had built at that point. And, uh, yeah, we, we won a national title and only to find out an hour later that the athletic director called and he dropped the wrestling program. And, uh, but yeah, we came home to, uh, you know, locked doors in our locker rooms and uh, the doors were – the door locks were all changed, and we couldn't we couldn't enter. We, we couldn't go into school. Here we are bringing a national title trophy, and uh, we're stuck in the parking lot because we can't enter the facilities. I've never seen anything like it, and uh, I won't mention the name, you know, athletic director and all that. But I'll just say it, that was one of the craziest. There was no reason for it. I mean, yeah, and you know, my- you know, I've I've. I mean, obviously, I had to live through it, so I've looked into it quite a bit. And to be honest with you, I don't necessarily know if he's the one that can make a decision like that. You know, I think he's just yeah. the name that they put in place, and he's just uh, the one that, you know, he's the he's the face of it all. But there's a, it goes a lot deeper into it, and I'm really not really sure why they did it. They dropped football and wrestling. You know, I can see why they dropped football. I mean, football at that point wasn't as successful, and they were losing a lot of money, I think. And the school was transitioning to Division One. They didn't want to probably compete against the Huskers, right, Lincoln. Uh, so I, I, I don't really know. You know, I don't know. I can't speak for certain. But I don't believe the, the athletic director made the decision. Made decision all, yeah. all along. Yeah, and, and I think that, I mean, looking at all the teams that were there now, most of them are in the Big 12s. I mean, you've got... Northern uh, Colorado, right? South Dakota State, North Dakota State. I mean, you guys probably wouldn't have been in the Big 12s uh, yeah. today. Yeah. Yeah. So did, where did you go after Omaha? What, what was the next step? Yeah, so once they dropped the program there, you know, I, I was successful enough to where I got, again, basically it was a whole other recruiting trip for me <laughs> halfway through my collegiate career. But uh, uh, I went to Boise State out in Idaho. And reason being is my, my parents at that point, four years after I came, my parents, Went, came to the U.S. and they, they lived in Boise, Idaho. And uh, yeah. when, when Boise State called me and offered me a scholarship, that you know I, I gladly accepted that. You know, for me it was uh, uh, at that point for me wrestling wasn't a priority. Let's just say that. And for me it was more important to reunite with my family. You know, being gone for four years, and uh, I realized that this is the best thing that I can do to go to Boise State and stay. You know, be close to my family again for the next two years of my collegiate career and. Uh, yeah, that was that was priceless, and I I wouldn't change that for anything. I'll tell you what, Boise is almost and and in the United States has almost become a hotbed for for Greco Roman wrestling. There's some good Greco Roman and freestyle wrestling in the Boise in the Idaho well the state of Idaho in general. Um, so I mean it's it's amazing. I guess there is a Bulgarian population or group of people that have moved there that that have really taken over and done some good things up there. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, my, 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 my dad started working with, uh, you know, my dad was fortunate enough to coach people like Hayden Tuma, John J. Chavez, you know, those are all world team members, medalists. Um, and then now he had, uh, Case Mogger, you know, now down in Wendell, Idaho. He's, uh, he is, I mean, he's creating, you know, Wendell, Idaho is, is tiny. There's, they, they joke around. There's more cows there than, than there are people. I mean, there's yeah. only about 3,000 people there, but. Anyways, out of a small town like that, he had two world team members last year, you know. So they, he's doing great things uh, in Wendell, in DTA, Delta Train Academy. But, but yeah, it's definitely – Idaho is definitely showing up on the map. And, you know, it, it's um, – I think it's growing, which is great. 
So what do you think about, what are your thoughts on, I mean, we see, I mean, folk style is big in, in, in America. We're the only country that really does it. What are your thoughts on, I mean, there's always been talk, should we, as a country, would we be better if we went to just freestyle at the NCAAs? And, and you have a lot of people that don't, you know, they're like, well, it's a tradition, folk style. So why would we move that tradition and go towards freestyle? And then, so the other argument, the other side of that argument is, well, if we did freestyle, then we may be better as a country. Could you imagine how good we'd be as a country? Because that's all, I mean, we're predominantly freestyle, and that's like other countries are. Um, what are your thoughts on that? So, yes, you're right. I, I with, Without a doubt, I think that if the country goes 100% freestyle and Greco, uh, yeah, and, focus on, and focuses on those two styles, then, yes, internationally, I believe it would be a force to be reckoned with, right? I, I believe, it, I mean, they already are top two, three in the world. So uh, the U.S. already is top two, three in the world. So imagine if, I mean, they would be the best in the world. That's no doubt in my in my mind. However, there is the sense for, uh, I don't know how you want to say it, but, you know, doing things a little differently and having this independent independent style of wrestling that that's only in the US and it it doesn't it's not a, up to the United World Wrestling and it doesn't change and, and the US has full control of it. And I believe as a, in in general the US loves that, you know. I mean look at look at the measuring like inches instead of centimeters, right? Yards instead of meters, you know, the pounds instead of kilos. I think there is the sense for independence um, and self-control here in the U.S. where, you know, they just and, – and folk style, is, it gives you a sense of identity, right? It's, 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 a, it's a pride. It's a U.S. pride. And I believe the, there's a reason why folk style and NCAA is uh, more popular than freestyle and, and, and world. And it, it's crazy for me. You know, to me it's crazy because you're comparing world champions to NCAA champions. You're comparing world champions, the whole planet. To one century champion, you know what I mean, it's, and it's just, and even then, to me, NCAA's means more. Winning NCAA's, I think, means more in the U.S. right now than winning a world title, which is mind-boggling. But, uh, and you know, there, there's very, it's very political as well with NCAA's being involved. Uh, you know, NCAA's as well wants to control everything. They don't want to get involved on the world level with the world international styles, and they want to just control folk style. And so I don't know if. Anytime soon, we're going to get away from that. Yeah. Well, that brings me to the next question. I mean, there's kids that are wanting to do wrestling full-time. I mean, in America, this is, it's, it's, I think it just started, like, in the last probably 10, 15 years or so, to where we're, we're specializing at such a young age. And that's another argument. There are some people who go, well, if you specialize, then the kids can get hurt because you're doing the same movement, the same motions. I don't know if that's true or not. I mean, possibly. Uh, but you're, you're seeing oh. parents that are spending more money on saying, okay, well, we're going to, we're going to do more special. You see it in gymnastics. You see it in wrestling. You see it in football. You see it all over. And I'm going to do a podcast. I'm going to do, I'm, I'm going to do a podcast on this topic because my belief a little bit is, you know, wrestling is not wrestling different because there's freestyle Greco folk style. There's strength and conditioning. You may add boxing in it. You may, there's so many different aspects of it that it's not necessarily the same movements, but I think every other, every kid is going to be different. But I mean, can you be good yep. at, at a high level if you're doing track, football, and then wrestling? If you're just doing it part time, what are your thoughts on that? 
Josh, I just listened to a podcast with uh, uh, Tony Robbins interviewing Michael Phelps. Michael Phelps is the most decorative Olympian by far um, ever in the history of the Olympic Games. And uh, I think that argument is absurd. I mean, you, you can't tell me that if you focus on one 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 sport, you're more likely to get hurt. That just makes no sense. I focused on one sport, and I didn't necessarily get hurt. Uh, I mean, I did, but I think that was up. I think that was because I was lifting weight. You know, it's just wrong, yeah. wrong way to train. See, Michael Phelps was asked at the age of 11 by his coach, mentor at the time, father figure uh, and whatnot. That person, his coach, mentor, saw potential in him. And he said that, listen, I think you can make the Olympic team in, in four years when you're 15 years old. And that was at the age of 11. He's still a kid. And he said, uh, but you will need to focus all your attention to swimming. I think he was playing another sport as well. I'm, I, if I'm not mistaken, I think it was baseball. And so right then and there, Phelps made the decision, okay, I'm only going to, at the age of 11, I'm only going to do, I'm only going to swim. That's all I'm going to do. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to work out three times a day. Uh, two times a day at least, uh, you know, spent in the pool swimming. And that's exactly what happened. And, yes, at the age of 15, he was an Olympian, Olympic champion. So so I don't know if there is, too, if there is a, a, an age or being too young of, of an age where you can focus on one sport. I mean, that's just not a valid argument for me. There's no, there's no way that I can see, you know, it doesn't correlate, you know what I mean? Well, that's what I think, too. Like, I mean, and I think every kid's different. I'll tell you this. I, I did three sports, and I was a pretty decent wrestler. But I know if I'd have had someone like you or another coach that I – and and it said, look, you're not going to be real tall. You're not going to be a football player in NFL or college or whatever. You're not – and you're definitely not going to be a NCAA trackster. You can be really good at wrestling if you just – if you came to me and let's focus 100% of the time on wrestling. And what I'm saying – Focus your time on wrestling. I mean, technique, drilling, flowing, not just go live wrestling. I think that the argument is there's just so many different variables in it. You have coaches that just, they, that's all they want to do is go live, which I think is insane. Uh, but if you're, yeah. if you're, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Well, if you're learning technique from you, like if you're my private coach, I'm learning technique, Greco freestyle, which helps folk style. And then you have me on a strength and conditioning program. And then you also have me maybe boxing, like hitting the mitts and get my hands and feet. I mean, I'm doing a complete different system than say everybody else. I agree with you. I think that I think it's you know. See, in my opinion, Josh, and it's it's you know, I realize that it's easy to talk when you're on the outside and you're not actually involved in coaching. You know, so I'm just going to start by saying that. But I did experience a little bit of coaching in college, and. Uh, you know, in my opinion, in the U.S., people don't need to wrestle live in practice a whole lot. I mean, you're having you're having 200 matches a year, 150 matches a year. That's enough live wrestling. That's enough time spent wrestling live. I think practices should be at most play wrestling, just uh, f- flowing around and just uh, you know, most time should be spent learning a move, and then once you learn the move, you should get into a little more resistance, and then get to the point where just you're flowing and you're not staying in one, you're not static, right? You're not stationed. You're just moving and 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 working on timing the move in the right way, working on perfecting the timing as the other opponent is moving and not be, not being still. Uh, I believe that's more important than actually wrestling life in practice because 
see, what happens, in my opinion, is when you wrestle life so much, by the time you go to college, you end up, I mean, your body can only handle so much. And, and you know, if you're fortunate enough to not get hurt, then good for you. But most people end up hurting their bodies, getting burnt out. Um, it's just very tough on your body to, to have that longevity. And so, in my opinion, yeah, that's, I mean, that's my opinion anyways. I don't, I'm not, and I'm not sure if that theory is 100% accurate, but. Well, I think, I think so. For example, last week, there's two camps going on in Oklahoma. There was one camp that they were learning phenomenal technique. I mean, freestyle Greco technique. They probably went 75% of the time technique, 25% of the time live. So not a whole lot of time live. There was another camp that I know of, and they brought in all these tough kids from across the country, and they spent about 90% of the time going live. Okay, so, and you know these kids are wanting to know technique. They're wanting to learn. They think they're going to get technique. So if I'm bringing in the best kids in the country, but I'm not showing them any new technique, we're just, we're just getting a feel. They're getting to wrestle us. We're getting to wrestle them. I mean, I don't know what advantage. I don't know what. I just don't know uh, the positive that could, could come out of that personally. I mean, yeah. these kids are these kids are getting ready for the worlds. I th- I think it's you got to build relationships and that kind of thing and whatever. But then the next step is I think you got to teach them some new technique they've never seen before, or that could help them out going to the worlds. I mean, or going to some of the bigger tournaments. So I agree with you. I think some people can wrestle so hard across the summer, just that's all they're doing is live. That by the time they get to Fargo, they're flat. I mean, they don't have enough left in them to even... That's a grueling tournament. That's about, what, a week-long tournament. I mean, and you've wrestled that much live and, and tournaments? I mean, I, w- I would want to go into Fargo as fresh as I could. Yeah, I, I always lived by the theory that... Or not always. I guess as I got older, I transitioned to the theory that you're better off feeling fresh and hungry for wrestling and, and entering into a tournament than burnt out and entering into a tournament in the top of your shape and being burnt out mentally. Yeah, yeah. So, what happened after college internationally? Did you did you go on after college and wrestle some international, or did you go into coaching? What was the next step? All of the above. So, once I graduated from Boise State, Coach Denny uh, asked me to go coach with him at Maryville University down in St. Louis, and I, be- I was the I became the associate head coach there, and uh, I coached side by side with Coach Denny, which was an amazing experience. But you know, learning from a legend in the in, in our in our field. But as I was coaching, I was actually asked to. Um, I was almost challenged by our guys to <laughs> to because uh, you know I was feeling good. I was because I finally let go of everything. I didn't finish my career in Boise State the way I wanted to. You know, just because I was focusing on the wrong thing. Not wrong necessarily, just different things. Wrestling wasn't a priority. I was focusing on academics and spending time with family and friends and just enjoying life in general. And uh, you know, once I started coaching, I started feeling good about wrestling again. You know, so I started seeing a different perspective on wrestling. And I was feeling really good in the wrestling room, and I didn't know why that is. And the guys were like, hey, you're wrestling really tough. Uh, you know, maybe you should just enter the David Schultz, David Schultz Memorial Tournament in Colorado Springs, the international tournament. And uh, I said, man, that it'll be fun because it's freestyle. I haven't wrestled freestyle in like five years, so it'll be fun. But that's a tough, <laughs> tough tournament to jump into. Um, so anyways, I, I did. I was in 2014. I entered the, the Dave Schultz International Tournament, and I ended up I ended up winning that tournament, which was unbelievable. I I, wrestled, I beat uh, Big Zot. Big Zot. I don't know. A lot of people may know him. Big Zot. Um, Abdurakmanov is his name. He wrestles for Uzbekistan, but he trains here in the U.S. Um, 
He's actually he wrestled with Burroughs for 34 this year at Worlds. Um, beat Jordan Burroughs in the Olympics in 2016. Uh, anyways, he's a great athlete. Yeah, he's he's taken third at Worlds. He's won the Asian Games. You know, he's a very very tough athlete. And I ended up beating him at, at Dave Schultz International, and I was I actually shocked to myself at that point. Uh, but that's when it kind of my international journey began, and uh, then I got asked to go and compete in Bulgaria, the national tournament that year. I ended up tech falling everyone. Um, you know, I was tech falling people that have never been tech falled in Bulgaria before. <laughs> you know, I just I was feeling good, and yeah, and so that's how I started. And I ended up making, you know, as I was full time associate head coach, I was a full time graduate student because I was getting my master's degree. Uh, I was recently newly married. Uh, and I was traveling internationally, and I made the world team, and then in 2016, I made the, the Olympic team in Rio. Sweet. So how did the, what were the results out of the world and uh, Olympic team? Did you do pretty good? No, no, I did not. So for the world, uh, for the world, my first year, I, okay, so here's my, uh, here's my excuse. I'll give you my excuse first, and the reality is that I lost uh, both matches, so that's the reality. But my excuse of it, and my justification is, uh, I won, I won Dave Schultz at 70 kilos, uh, 154. And I realized that is the year, one year before, uh, I, I realized that it, the Olympic Games were approaching. So I, I, in my head, I was thinking the sooner I move up a weight class, the better chance I'll have to build muscle, grow into the weight class, and feel good about it. And so that was the year I transitioned into going up to 74 kilos for the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and I lost. I lost my first master, a guy from Georgia. And, uh, and of course, he didn't make it to the finals, and then I got beat out. That's how it works internationally. And, and then after that, I went to, for the Olympic year in 2016. I ended up taking second at the world, uh, world qualifying tournament for the Olympics in Mongolia. I took second at that. felt great. And then uh, before the Olympics, I wrestled in uh, Ali Aliyev. It's a, it's a huge tournament in Dagestan in Russia where uh, I had 21 Russians in my weight class. I mean, it was a super tough tournament. And I ended up going for third and fifth in that tournament. But uh, I ended up uh, hurting my knee and my shoulder at the same tournament. That was three and a half weeks before the, the Olympics. And the reason we wrestled there is because Bulgaria didn't want to. They didn't know who was going to be the person wrestling at the Olympics. And, and that was the tournament that decided it all. Well, sweet. Well, I mean, but you made that. I mean, that's pretty, that's pretty impressive, though, that you're, you got to wrestle at that level and did fairly, I mean, pretty good at that level. So then after that, uh, what was next for you? I mean, obviously... I want to get into your business, your business world now, because you, you, you've, you've now started a new product, or it's not, it's, it's not new now. I mean, it's been around for, for quite a while, but it's, it's getting around the wrestling world. There's a lot of people that are, uh, there's a lot of people that are hearing about it, and I'm um, seeing people that are using it, uh, and it's grit, good recovery product. I'll let you talk about it, um, but it's uh, so. When, when did that start? When did, when did you say, okay? I want to. I want to own my. I want to have my own venture. I want to own my own business. Um, where did you get the idea, and then how is it? You know, how has uh, how has wrestling helped you in that venture? Yeah, yeah, great question. So, as I was coaching, as I was coaching uh, down in St. Louis, what actually ended up happening is, you know, I'm so competitive. I'm so competitive, and whatever I put my head to, I, I end up achieving one way or another. And so. It, you can imagine as a, as a young coach in college trying to prove myself, I went all out, right? 100%. Uh, I mean, recruiting, traveling every weekend, workouts at six in the morning. I mean, my day, 
my one of my busier days would look like this. I'd wake up at around 5:30. I'd go and run a, a morning lift with the guys at Maryville at six uh, in the college. Then I'd go in the, in the office and just do administrative work. And then I would go to practice in the afternoon at four o'clock and stay there until uh, you know the practice would be done around five or three thirty. Practice would be done around five thirty. Then I'd work out extra for myself because I was trying to stay in shape for the world and Olympics. Uh, and then at six thirty at night. I would go to night class and get out at 9.30 and drive home, and I would get home at 10. So I was to the point where I would leave in the morning, my wife would be sleeping, I would come home at night, my wife would be sleeping. You know, it, it, was, it was just ridiculous. And she finally got fed up with it, and uh, we got to the point where she, she, didn't, she went home to visit her home back in Idaho. She's from Idaho. And, uh, yeah, she, she didn't want to come back. And there were some life choices to be made right then, and there some some decisions. And... I realized that I was being very selfish, and I realized that, you know, I, I looked around and I, I noticed that a lot of the great coaches are great coaches at the expense of their family relationship, if you'd like uh, to say, and not all but most. And uh, that's not what I wanted to do. And uh, I decided right then and there to start everything from scratch, right? I, I left wrestling. I left coaching. I moved, um, and uh, we started from scratch, and I moved back here to Council Bluffs. And fortunately enough, um, that's when I started with uh, uh, with uh, Trevor Carrot is his name, and he was my high school coach, my sponsor, legal guardian, best man in my wedding, you know, best friend. He's he's the person that him and his wife uh, Carol, they both helped me tremendously. And and Trevor was the one that he understood everything, and he reached out to me, and we started a business together, uh, selling. Uh, Shipping containers for regulatory materials, such as vaccines, uh, you know, any temperature controlled, uh, any temperature controlled substances that needed to be shipped overseas or just domestically, we had the containers for that, uh, and we were selling that. And all was going well, you know. But he's busy with his day job, and I, I was learning as I go, and I, I haven't, I haven't really been passionate a whole lot about that field. And it was very difficult field to get into because you're not selling to consumer directly you're selling to institutions like universities where not one person is making the decision and it's very challenging because you know a lot of these people doctors you know they they i mean a lot of them believe that they know more than than the average person right a lot of them have this little ego behind them and they've done things one way for the last 20 years why should they change now just because there's a new company in town and uh you know it's just it's it's a long process where you have to go through the whole board of the, the whole board for the university uh, in order to be approved to become a vendor, and it's just very challenging. And you know, anything that's challenging when you're not truly, truly passionate about it, then it ends up it ends up not working out too well. But that was the beginning of my journey, and that's how I really got into it. And then I started completely geeking out on business uh, marketing, online marketing, and that's how I got involved with uh, Russell Brunson. He's one of the best entrepreneurs in the world right now, breaking records left and right. You know, and he he runs ClickFunnels, and he's a great coach business coach and mentor and i got involved with him and uh you know i i uh i made a big investment we made a big investment with him to um basically get coached on business and, and how to start and, and i i basically redefined myself redefined my purpose and i found myself outside of wrestling which was extremely difficult you know it's very difficult you know you just don't know what you don't know and once i got involved with that just so it happened uh, I ran into Grit again. And here's how I ran into Grit again. I say again because that was the second time I got uh, involved. Not involved, but the second time I, I, I got in touch with Grit. The first time was 
When I was still training in Maryville, my good friend of mine, which was my teammate at UNO, his name was Aaron Denson, he was actually the person that developed the formula down in St. Louis. And uh, when, when they dropped the program in 2011 at UNO, he got into supplement business. And he actually, Coach Denny asked him to uh, help with wrestling, but also help with nutrition for the wrestling team. And so Aaron started geeking out and seeing what wrestlers actually need. What, what, do, what does a wrestler need to train well, to feel good? And to recover after weigh-ins, especially, you know, when weight cuts, when you're, when you're cutting weight two or three times a week, it's very challenging. Uh, and, and wrestlers are extreme athletes. I mean, you're cutting weight, you're dehydrated, you're breaking muscle down. Your recovery needs to be quick because you're competing every three, four days, you know, and it's, it's just unbelievable. And so he got into it and he found out that there was nothing on the market that touches all, 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 the, all of it, that touches all of it that a wrestler would need all the needs of a wrestler. And um, he developed this drink. He got, he got a hold of, a, of a, uh, uh, a chemist and he got uh, of a doctor, right? He got a hold of a doctor and a, and, a, and, a, and a manufacturer and they got together and they formulated, they formulated grit, what is now grit. And that was actually the first time I tried it when he was giving it to our guys. And he says, listen, man, I know you're training for the world, but try this. Give this a try and see how you like it. And I was like, Aaron, listen, I, I'm your friend, <laughs> but what is this? I don't want to get popped for, you know, selling the, the, the doping test or, or whatever. And he's like, yeah, no, trust me. He goes, trust me, there's absolutely nothing in there that, that's even close to being illegal. I said, all right, I'll take your word for it. I looked into the ingredients. They were, you know, all of them were good, just simple stuff. And uh, it was very well formulated. And it made me feel amazing. It made me feel like I can have energy without crashing. It made me feel like I was recovering well. It made me, it gives me energy through the workout, and I felt great. And you know, giving you that extra kick at, at, at such a high level of an athlete—that's all the difference between feeling good and performing well and not performing well. And so, anyway, the second time around, when I came, when I moved back to Council Bluffs, uh, he at that time he just then moved back to Omaha uh, with his family. He had a kid on the way. He got a new job. And so I approached him and I said, hey, Aaron, you know, now I'm, I'm, I'm running a business and I'm into the business world. And I approached him and I said, hey, how come you stopped selling grit? Like, what, what happened? And he said, listen, I, I got busy. We moved here. We had to buy a house. I had to get a job. I uh, didn't have time. My wife's working. We had a kid. I just have no time to, to sell it or to run this, this company. I said, okay, well, how about I, how about I join you? How about, how, how about I buy myself into it, into your company, and uh, I'll sell it for you. I'll do I'll do." I'll try to do everything that I can to, to help you with grit because I truly believe in that product. And he says, yep, not a problem. We agreed to it. And that's how I started. That's how I started. And that was, Josh, that was about eight months ago. Unbelievable. About eight months ago. So since then, since then we've been able to, we even tweaked the formula. We took out the artificial coloring. We added natural coloring it's called with the beetroot, beetroot powder, which has a lot of benefits as well. But that's how... We, we redesigned the packaging. It was a, it was a black bottle, black design. We, we changed it to a white bottle with a white label. We just, everything was, we changed everything since then. You know, built a website, uh, and started reaching out to people. And eight months later, Josh, we're now, we're now the official recovery drink for North Carolina USA Wrestling, Nebraska USA Wrestling, Washington USA Wrestling, California USA Wrestling. Uh, we're the official recovery drink for, uh, clubs like Titan Mercury Wrestling Club. They're the, they're the world champions in club wrestling, and, and, and uh, they're based out of California. And we're the main recovery drink for them and for 
uh, clubs like Legends of Gold up in South Dakota. I mean, all the elite. We have athletes that are endorsed and swearing by the product. Uh, like Jaden Cox, world champion, Olympian, third at the Olympics. Um, you know, and, and other high level athletes that we're getting now. But it's just, it's, it's just people are trying it, loving it, and it's just building this momentum right now that it's going to be un- unbelievable. I'm, I'm, it, yeah, so that's kind of how Grit started. But, but in, in short, to kind of tell the listeners what Grit actually is, is, is basically what it does, it hydrates you quickly. It, it has a lot of electrolytes, five times more electrolytes in it than, than leading sports drinks. So it's, it, it, your body doesn't need to digest it. It just absorbs in your system, and it, it, it hydrates you two to three times faster than water by itself. Uh, but not only that, it has BCAAs, which helps with muscle recovery, so it recovers your muscles. It has beta-alanine, which flushes out lactic acid out of your muscles so you don't get a sore fatigue, which is huge for, for uh, endurance athletes, not only wrestlers, you know, CrossFit, uh, cyclists, um, MMA fighter, you know, any, any, any endurance athlete. It, it decreases muscle soreness. It increases your endurance through sugar, but it's in the form of glucose, so quick energy. And then it has carbs, which we need for longer-lasting energy uh, without crashing. And then, it, you know, and of course, it, it's designed to peak your performance. And then it's, it's uh, yeah, it's, I, in my opinion, it's the most complete drink in the world for endurance athletes. Yeah, and, and you know, that's what's interesting is because um, we're seeing guys that have been cut weight 20, 30, 40 years. I mean, that's what I'm saying is the wrestling community has been cutting weight the same way for 20, 30, 40 years, whatever. And now you're starting to see new, I wouldn't, new science. Of people that are slowly pulling their weight down over a four, five, six, seven week period, and then doing a doing some sort of a protocol to where they the water, uh, you know, maybe there's four or five pounds of water it comes off, but then and then but then there's a good recovery mechanism that comes right after that, and I think this product fits right in with you know with the recovery. Do, do you start, are you starting to see that? Are you starting to see people are getting smarter on the way they're cutting weight? One hundred percent. Yes, absolutely. I mean, as as I'll, I'll quote one of the greatest, you know, sports, Kel Sanderson, and it, he says something like, "Unless you know, if you're not evolving and learning constantly, you'll learn a painful and difficult lesson from someone that is right." So, unless we change, you know, wrestling is evolving so much. I mean, you watch wrestling from twenty years ago, and it's <laughs> totally different than in what it is now. So the sport's constantly evolving, and part of it is not only technical. They're still doing techniques from. You know, maybe the strategy, maybe the, the strategy of the match is changing a little bit, and it has to, right, because the rules are changing constantly. But what I'm saying is athletes are, are tougher, faster, stronger mentally and physically because they're not only changing on the mat but off the mat as well. What are they doing off the mat? How are they managing their weight cut? How are they managing their strength and conditioning training, uh, their mental training even, not, not, not only physical? And so – yeah, definitely. I mean, the sport is evolving, and, and uh, I, I believe we're right up up front right there with uh, helping wrestlers uh, recover the best that they can with a revolutionary product like Grit. So are you seeing wrestlers, are you seeing them, uh, I guess another question is, are you seeing wrestlers not cut as much, saying, well, there's an hour, two-hour wait, you know, after weigh-in? It may, it may make sense not to cut as much. Uh, or you got Fargo where you weigh in on a Friday night. I think it's Friday night. You wrestle Saturday or something like that. So you, you have about, you don't have 24 hours, but you have say 12 hours, 13 hours, whatever. Right. So you get a right. little bit of time to recover. Are you starting right. to see, yeah, are you starting to see wrestlers not cut weight? 
Yeah, so those are two different instances. See, see, internationally right now they're resting an hour later. They're weighing the day off and they rest a one hour later. Okay, that's short window for recovery. And Fargo tournaments like Fargo, you're you're weighing in the day before, so you have you know like you said almost not 24 hours, but you have a, you have a long time overnight to recover. So, with that said, it's totally different approach, I believe. And yeah. Internationally, you, you you don't have room for mistakes. So what you want to do is, you know, you can't you, you can't necessarily get super dehydrated before weigh-in because you wow. just can't uh, you just can't recover in one hour. You know, realistically, it's going to be extremely difficult regardless of what you do. I mean, there's nothing that you eat or drink that's going to help you recover and or, or faster than than grit, in my opinion. But even then, if you're not if you're not you know, grit's not a, a magic pill, right? Unless unless Yes, it's a great product, but in all honesty, unless you manage your weight cut very well, uh, then not only grit, but there's nothing that's going to help you, if that makes yeah. sense. So, yeah. so, yes, definitely there's a change. There's, I'm seeing a shift in the way after wrestlers cut weight on one-hour wins, and, and there should be, because, you know, they want to get used to competing at a, at a low weight at, at, their, at their weight class. You know, not not getting used to training at 10 pounds above that, and then dropping the weight, and then all of a sudden wondering why they're not recovering and why they feel like crap competing. And so, yes, there's definitely a, a shift in the way they approach their weight cuts and and the uh, and the way they recover with grit after wins for sure. Well, I think the products. I mean, everybody I'm hearing the product's phenomenal. I mean, um, you know, we we have a nutritionist that we use out of New York, and uh, she's she's big on it as well. And uh, so I'm hearing it from. I'm hearing it from quite a few different people and I'll put a link on my website to this with this podcast at joshpeak.com. I'll have a link to, uh, to where they can get the grit and, um, and try it. I, I know we're going to, and I, I think as a wrestler or as an athlete in general, you, you have to find ways, technology, science, that's going to be able to help you become better. And just like you're saying, even the mental aspect of it, I think you're starting to see you're starting to see sports psychologists and, and people that are helping from the mental uh, standpoint of it. It's just going to get to the point where it's just so highly competitive, it's unreal, and that's good. I mean, it, in business, that's good, right? I mean, yeah, the more competition sure. you have, the better it makes everybody. So, um, so I'm excited so, to to try it out. To, to go back to uh, thank you, I appreciate it. that's that's a very yeah, it's a smart choice, and, and I encourage all, all all the listeners to go and give it a try. But just to give you a little feedback on on how and why we're changing grit and constantly involving it. <laughs> it's all based on customer feedback and science, and for and it's all pointing towards the well-being and and maximizing the product, right? Making it the most effective as we possibly can. And so I'll give you an example. Uh, the reason we took out the red, the red food coloring that's in any other product, you know, it's in Gatorade, it's in, it's in Pedialyte, it's in everything else, the food coloring, right? We took that out and we added natural coloring from beetroot powder. That on itself is huge, okay? Now we're in the process of taking the artificial sweetener from, from, from grit. We're going to take out the sucralose and add natural sweetener in it from monk fruit, which is even better than stevia, okay? Monk fruit is huge. It's, 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 it's unbelievably, it's, it's great. It's the best, uh, it's the best out there right now and it's very rare and it's difficult to find. Yes, it's going to make my product uh, more expensive, but the price is not going to change. Uh, it's just my margins are going to cut, but I'm okay with that because I'm offering a high quality product and it's all based on customer feedback and that's how we're evolving and that's why we're able to, uh, to, to gain momentum with this product so quickly. 
Uh, and not only that, you know, we're, we're adding two more flavors uh, based on requests, based on customers' requests. And not only that, we're moving into single-serve packaging, again, from custom, customer requests. And, and so I'm listening. I'm, I'm constantly listening and, and, and trying to find ways to improve this product based on customer feedback. I mean, if the customer doesn't like it, if the consumer doesn't like it, then they're not going to buy it. And, and, and if I don't care if the product is great, they're just not going to buy it. So for me, I need to adapt and constantly change and, and, and adapt to the customer's needs and consumer needs. See, our consumers right now are more educated than ever before. So the, them telling me that they don't like sucralose because, you know, they're just not sold on it. There's a lot of negative talks about it, I guess, uh, although it's FDA approved. Uh, but that doesn't say much, as we all know. Yeah. Uh, and so I'm listening. I'm constantly learning as, as I go as well. You know, I, I, I have no claim that I am perfect in any means. And so I do my research. With, I do, the you know, the uh, chemist. With a chemist, we do a research. I, 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 I uh, uh, you know, I'm constantly asking and learning and evolving, and that's exactly what it takes, I think, and that's why we've been able to grow so quickly. Have you? Uh, I mean, I know it's it's a it's not well, it's not real new. It's new to American because they're legalizing it everywhere. But you know, the CBD products that are out. I mean, there's a, there's one on every corner. It seems like. And do you have you done much research on CBD? You know, honestly, I have not, and as of right now, I'm not really interested in, in, in getting into the market. See, I believe the hype has built up so much around it, and I'm learn- I'm, I've, I've heard that, that there is it's a huge difference between one product and the next product. In other words, right. some product is at a, at a much higher quality than others, and there is no way for a, for a traditional uh, regular consumer to know the difference, and so... And it's all under the same umbrella. It's all CBD oil, right? So right. it's very difficult for me to differ- differentiate the two or the three or the, the hundreds of different variations of the CBD oil. And I'm not very knowledgeable on the matter, so I try to stay stay away from it and focus on what, I, what I'm more well, passionate about. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've done some research. I think there's definitely some properties that can help in the recovery and this, that, and the other. But like you're saying, how pure is it? Like, I mean – Every product's going to be different, and there's such a hype buildup. I don't think I don't think I'd want to get involved in that market either right now. How do you differentiate yourself? I mean, you know, there's one on every corner. I I, I wouldn't want to get involved in it at all. But it just made me think because we're talking about recovery. Um, and so then, what do you mix grit with? What what do you mix it with? Water is that the primary thing you, you mix it with? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, we just mix it with water, and and that's another thing that we looked into as well. Is you know, as, as wrestlers or, or MMA fighters or boxers or anyone that's cutting weight, right? We see right now that a lot of them are recovering with uh, with Pedialyte, and it's crazy to me because Pedialyte, you know, it's developed for, and excuse my language, but it's developed for babies with with diarrhea, right? They get really right. dehydrated and then they want to see Pedialyte's meant to, yeah, hydrate you because it has electrolytes, but it also holds the liquids in you. So if you're cutting weight, how does that make sense at all, right? So, so what we with with um, and and again the quantity the you know the bottle is huge. I mean it's 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 a, and, and a lot of wrestlers just drink the whole bottle, which is it's huge amount of, of liquid. See for wrestlers, you, you're perfectly fine with cutting weight with grit, you know, during your workouts because the serving is ten ounces, ten to twelve ounce serving, and it actually gives you energy, it helps you sweat, you feel great during the workout, and it's hydrating you quicker than just drinking water by itself. So. Uh, we really make sure that we look into the, the serving size as well so it stays good in your stomach and not get super 
heavy because then when you're competing, if you're feeling heavy in your stomach, you don't feel comfortable competing and it's just, it's bothering you, right? With grit, it, it sits very easy in your stomach and you, you know, you don't drink a whole lot of liquid um, right before your match. So that's something that we looked into as well. It's interesting watching wrestlers do that too. You'll see them right after weigh-in and they will just guzzle down. I mean, I'm talking fast. They're guzzling oh, and I, as much liquid as they can. And I'm going, guys, you got to, you got to slowly drip that back in your body. You can't just, that, you can't just guzzle down a big, and, and they do, and, and I understand it because you're, you're waiting for way into end and you're like, I am starving. I'm, I'm thirsty. And you just, and, and I'm got, I'm like, you've disciplined yourself for the last few weeks. It's not going right. to hurt you to discipline yourself for the next few hours. I mean, you know what I mean? But, right. But Josh, and that's not, and Josh, that's not their fault. You know, I, I used to do the same thing. That's just, that's just all we know. That's what we're told. And we're here, we're starving, uh, hungry before weigh-ins and then, my mindset was, hey, I want to chug as much as this as I possibly can because I believe it's going to help me recover faster. That's the mindset that I have. And, and it's, yeah, it's totally wrong, but that's all we knew. And so that's yep. why it's my mission right now to educate uh, competitive, not competitive, anyone really that works out in highly, high intense uh, workouts, endurance athletes, you know, athletes that cut weight. Uh, my, it's my mission to educate them on how to properly um, hydrate and then recover. Well, so that leads me into the next segment here. I mean, the next, last part here. I got two questions. Uh, number one, the first question is, is, well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put the other question first, since we're, we just left that. So, you're, you're working with athletes. You're working with people who, you know, are not just, per, not just competitive athletes, but athletes as well. Like you're talking about people in general that they just wanna, they wanna perform better. So what is the, you know, you and I talked about a little bit, um, what is the next phase of, of business for you? I mean, are you wanting to, are you wanting to, because I think there's a void out there and there's a void of rest, what, what to do after wrestling. And you and I both agree that wrestlers make good entrepreneurs and business people because, and just from the sheer, just from the sheer, uh, factor of they know how to work. They're going to outwork everybody. Now they got to learn the mindset in terms of working smart and there's so many facets of entrepreneurship they've got to learn, but I think they'll go, I think they're going through their, their uh, successes and failures a lot faster than everybody else because they're, they're used to failing. They're used to, well, I'll go on a run and win nine matches and then lose one and then go back to the drawing board. What I, what I, what I have to do better at to get, to make sure that loss didn't happen again. And they may, then they may lose another one right after that. They're like, crap. So then they got to keep on and keep on and keep on, and then finally they have they have some big breakthroughs. And so, which so there's two questions in one. Number one is, why do you think wrestlers make good entrepreneurs and business people? I mean, how does it transfer over their work ethic and their what they do uh, to to transfer into business? And then number two, what is your what do you what do you plan on doing? You got grit as a business, but what do you plan on doing? Saying helping wrestlers or, and people become entrepreneurs or understand marketing. Yeah, yeah, great question. Thank you. So, so for, I'm gonna answer the first one first for uh, why wrestlers make great entrepreneurs. And my reasoning is the reason I believe they are they make great entrepreneurs is because it's the nature of our sport, right? It's uh, we have to battle daily, and you have to show up daily, ready to go. And you know, there's no room for slacking. There's no room for um, you know, being not motivated, right? So we have to find a way to get self-motivated, to push ourselves 
beyond what people are telling us to do. And that's what it takes. It takes discipline, it takes self, self-driven, uh, motivation. And see, we have, we, we fail constantly in wrestling and we have to overcome failure constantly on a daily basis. Okay. And we don't feel the best all the time and we still show up. And, and that's what it matters in, in the sport of wrestling. You know, you, and, and that translates very well into entrepreneurship because guess what? If you're an entrepreneur as a startup, you wake up in the morning and you want to lose your alarm because for the first time in your life in a long time, you don't have structure. You don't have someone to kick you in the butt and tell you to wake up and to go to practice, right? You don't have structure. You don't have to go to work. So all of a sudden, you know, you may be motiv- motivated the first week or two, but then all of a sudden you start telling yourself, wait a minute, what, you know, I can, I can sleep in here an extra half an hour. Um, I don't have to work as hard, right? So, so as a, as a wrestler, you just don't have that, that option. You're very self-motivated. You're used to being self-motivated. You're used to being self-driven. And so, uh, for me, it was a difficult transition, but I quickly got adjusted into it. And, uh, you know, that's, I think that's why, um, that's why wrestlers make great entrepreneurs is because you, you overcome failures all the time. You wake up, you, quickly adjust and adapt and you develop new structure into your life uh, to be very successful, right? Whether it's nutrition, so you feel good and, and you create energy, right? You, you generate energy. You just don't wait for energy to show up. Uh, you generate happiness in your life. You don't wait for happiness to show up. Uh, and so all these things are things that I learned once I transitioned into the, uh, the entrepreneurial world and once I started geeking out on personal development and, and, and being more aware of what it takes for me to actually be successful in life. And, and, and again, I'm learning that success comes in many forms, right? At first, I, I was thinking just as far as, uh, you know, the financial wealth, right? Just money. That, that, that's how you start. But then you quickly transition into realizing that, wait a minute, it's not just money that matters. Actually, as a matter of fact, money doesn't really matter um, at all. And that's not, a, it's not, a, it's not something that defines happiness in your life or health at all, as a matter of fact. Um, or fulfillment, you know, all these are factors that money is, is, is irrelevant at that point. So I'm, I'm, I'm learning all this and I'm defining, I'm, I'm developing new structure in my life. And, and, uh, it's just been an amazing journey in the last two years for me. And I've changed so much and, and I'm, I'm creating new habits in my life that are, are helping me be more successful. And that's super important. And so to answer your second question, uh, what my future plans are, that's exactly it. My future plan is, yes, grit, grit's gonna be there because that's a product that is, it's amazing. It's, it's an extremely high quality product and I, I will always, uh, I will always be educating people on, on grit and always be offering grit because I, I believe if I don't offer grit to athletes, I'm doing them disservice. I'm not, I'm, I, I know something and I'm not teaching them it and therefore I'm doing them disservice because if I'm not giving them a high-quality product that's out there and I know about it, then I'm lying. I'm lying to everyone, and that's not what I'm going to do. So I'll always offer grit to them. But what I really want to do in the future, my future plans are uh, I, will, I, I am, and I'm already doing it slowly, but I, I will be the number one life and business strategist for athletes. That's my mission. And basically, I will be Tony, Rob, Tony Robbins for athletes specifically. Why specifically athletes? Because one – they're overlooked often because they're seen as athletes. They're not seen as business people or entrepreneurs, right? Yep. Two, two, two I want to work with those people. I want to surround myself with those highly motivated people, those people that are self-driven, self-motivated. They know how to, what it takes to be successful. 
they know discipline, they know sacrifice, right? And and they're they're they they're, they're used to having a structure in life. And so my goal was to get those athletes when they're getting ready to be finishing with their athletic careers, whether it's high school, whether they're done after high school, whether they're done after college, or whether they're done after the Olympics, right? Um, it doesn't really matter what stage they're in. I want to take those athletes and provide them a new structure in life. So it's a very mindless transition for them. It's, it's a very mindless transition for them to transition from athletics to now what, what, what do they want to do, whether they want to just get a job and be a businessman or – you know, just be an employee or whether they want to start their own practice and become an expert in, in whatever field they're passionate about and they want to become entrepreneurs. Either way, it, it's my mission now to help those athletes transition into that. And if you follow my social media, it's, it's all over. It's uh, uh, my, my Twitter, Instagram is B-U-L underscore Nightmare. Uh, stands for Bulgarian Nightmare. That's been my nickname uh, since I wrestled in college and I kind of stick with it. But B-U-L underscore Nightmare. And my Facebook page, George Ivanov, George is spelled with an I at the end, G-E-O-R-G-I, and then Ivanov, I-V-A-N-O-V. But if you go and if you follow my social media, uh, you will see that I'm providing a lot of value out there. I'm providing a lot of free information uh, to athletes because that is my way of, of transitioning into that field. And that's my way of gaining following. And, uh, you know, the only way to gain following, to gain long-term following is to provide value uh, provide more value than anyone else in the in the field, and so I agree. That's, that's exactly what I'm gonna do. That's exactly what I'm doing, and uh, it's slowly it's slowly uh, developing. But see, right now I'm, I'm right now the difficulty that I'm facing, Josh, is transitioning from a wrestler and a wrestling coach, and uh, and someone that kids, athletes, and even other coaches look up to and and learn from online, to transitioning into more of a Life and business strategies for athletes, the big picture of, of life and, and, you know, the, the mentality of it all, the, 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 the blueprint for transitioning from athletics to, to business. And that's, that's, uh, you know, I'm losing some followers and, and that's okay. You know, if, if they're not into that, that's okay. But I will gain a lot of followers that align with my mission and align with, with the ideal avatar, the ideal person that I want to work with. And that's very important because you know, I, I heard the quote that it's, it's just, it, it, you know, it, it rings a bell in my head. It, it's just, it, I uh, resonate with it a lot. And what it is, it says, you know, you don't want to climb the, the, the ladder of success and you don't want to climb, you don't want to be successful and climb the ladder only to find out that you climbed the wrong ladder, right? Right, then, right. Then you're successful by whatever definition that you have for success, but then you're not happy. So, I quickly found what I'm passionate about, and I figured out what my whys are in life, right, why I want to work with those people, uh, with, the, with the athletes, and, uh, and uh, I believe I'm on, on the right ladder now, and I'm at the very beginning of the ladder, but I will climb the right ladder, and, and, and by doing that, I'll be truly happy in my life. I'll be able to provide a lot of value to other athletes, and, uh, and uh, only then I will be living a fulfilling life, and, and I believe I will impact millions of people um, on my journey. I think you're going to do that. There's no doubt in my mind you'll do it. And, I mean, you have the right mindset. You have the right, I think your heart's definitely in the right place, and you, you, know how to, you know how to succeed. And so I think you're going to do really, really well with that. Um, so before we go, uh, I know you studied, under, you know, studied Russell Brunson, who is also uh, another wrestler. Um, so what is your best, like, if, if you were to have two books, 
uh, one marketing and one personal development, what two books would you recommend? Or it doesn't even have to be books. It could be podcasts or resources, uh, a, a website. What two, what one resource in personal development and what one resource in, say, marketing would you recommend? Yeah, great question. That, I, I have the answer right away. Uh, marketing, 100, 1,000%. Russell Brunson, his book is, uh, he has two books as of right now and he's on his way to finishing a third book, but I would highly recommend, uh, the book called Expert Secrets. Expert Secrets. Uh, for marketing, it, it will blow your mind. And his other book is uh, .com Secrets as of right now. But yep. it, when it comes to marketing, he has gotten information uh, from, you know, 100, 200 years ago. And a lot of the huge marketers out there, like J.F. Um, Abraham, you know, he's huge. He's a legend. But anyways, what Russell has done is he has gotten all these people's knowledge, and he has simplified it on a third-grade level. With literally with like uh, animated graphics, just sketches on his book. And it's unbelievable how how well he has simplified it for us to learn that knowledge. And and you know that just shows you if you're able to simplify a, a topic that much, that just means that you truly understand it and you truly know mm-hmm. what it is. So he he's a person that that I would that book Expert Secrets book is is one for marketing and for personal development. Uh, there's a lot of books out there on personal development, but what I would do is I would stick with uh, Tony Robbins just because he is, uh, you know, by far the best, the best in the field. And, uh, you know, a lot of people think that he's just a motivational speaker or whatnot, uh, you know, but he's not. I mean, he is in a, in a way, but it's a lot more than that. You know, it goes, it goes super deep and there's a lot of science and research behind him. And uh, there's a reason why he's so successful in life. Uh, and there's a reason why, you know, he's coached the best athletes in the world, the best coaches in the world, the, you know, president, um, you know, people like Oprah, Oprah Winfrey, you know, he's, he's, I mean, he's coached the most successful people in the world. And there's a reason why he does that. And he's very successful in what he does and very knowledgeable. So I would definitely start following him on a podcast, get all his books. Um, and, you know, he knows a lot about, personal development, but not only that, he knows a lot about, uh, about, uh, uh, finances as well. So, yeah, um, I actually just got done with, uh, one of his book right now on, on wealth, building wealth. It's, uh, money masters the game and it's, it's unbelievable insight on, on, uh, wealth management. It's just crazy. Yeah. He's, uh, he, he's good, man. I mean, there's no, I mean, like what Russell knows how to do in marketing, I think Tony knows how to do in the mindset department as far as breaking, and, breaking it down to a simple level. One, yeah, absolutely. And you know, what's funny those two, those two are currently working together. Those two are currently working together on a, on a project uh, with uh, Dean Graziosi as well. And so yeah. those three are working on a project together, and uh, they're taking over the world. <laughs> now, I've been watching that. I mean, their marketing is all over the place. Uh, I mean, it's, it's all over social media. It's really good. I know some people that, are, that were marketing, and they were affiliates of their, their last launch they've just had. So uh, they're all over the place doing, doing some great things, uh, and, I, and I think it's – I think it's great. So, well, George, I really appreciate you coming on the show. I, I think you'd have a, an incredible podcast if you ever had your own. Uh, I think you got a lot of knowledge to share. You have, a, you know, you have resources and you have some, you have contacts. I think that would be good, uh, you know, as well. And I, and the people I interview, I don't know. It's it's the people that I interview, like I've had you and there's other people. It's amazing because I'm a marketer too. Obviously, that's that's what I do full time. I help companies and a U.S. congressman, and I help 
you know, I help people build their brand, but also win elections and win in business from a marketing standpoint. And so, but I, it's funny when I interview people, I automatically think, man, this person would have a, an incredible podcast. I mean, because they have so much knowledge. Maybe it's just the people that I attract to my podcast, but uh, I think you'd, I think you'd be good at it. Thank you, Josh. I really appreciate it. I actually started a podcast. Uh, it, it's called the Eye on the Prize, and I is not like an eye, like an eyeball, but it's an eye, like as in me. Yeah, I is the letter I. It's called Eye on on the Prize, and uh, I I uh, posted three episodes, to be honest with you, uh, about ten months ago, and they are basically the back the background the back story of my life. They're 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 my journey uh, in more detail. And then I stopped because as an entrepreneur, you know, you got to kind of um, prioritize certain yep. things. And I only have so many hours in the day. But well, I, would, I, I would tell you this. Yeah, I would tell you this. If you're, And I give you this is some tips for the listeners, too. Just one tip. If you're going to do podcasting, man, the best that I've found so far for a, for a platform is Libsyn. Uh, you may already have it, but it's L-I-B-S-Y-N, Libsyn. It syndicates to iTunes, Stitcher, um, Spotify, a lot of different syndications, uh, but really it doesn't take a lot. I mean, you go to Fiverr or you go to, you get somebody to create you an intro, right? And then you go right into your content. You have a microphone and maybe a garage band or something that you, you piece it all together. You clean it up a little bit and then you put it into Libsyn. It syndicates it out. And all of a sudden you got content everywhere. It doesn't take a long, I mean, if you're going to do it, say take a Sunday or a Monday or whatever and do all your, you know, maybe you take, three or four hours and create your shows, create them in the segments and you've got five shows right there. Uh, and, and you can, and you can just, and, and then there becomes the, the content distribution as well as evergreen marketing as well. So anyways, I think, you know, that, that's a tool that you could use. I think you'd be, you'd be, you'd be awesome at it. Great. Great. Thank you. I'll definitely look into it. Thank you. You bet. Well, Hey, I appreciate you coming on. I'll have this, uh, I'll have this podcast up here fairly soon. I'll also have a link in the, the website on that with this podcast. Um, at joshpeat.com to where you can order uh, grit, uh, try it. I know we're going to. Uh, we're always trying to find better products that help us with our recovery and just well-being in general. So, uh, George, thanks again. Absolutely, Josh. Thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it. You bet. Talk to you soon. Okay, bye.